Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. Let's open our Bible, please, this morning to the book of Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9, please. And so I want you to follow along with me today. Zechariah chapter 9. We are going to read verse 9. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Let's open up. Let's pray. Let's open in prayer, please. Father, we want to thank you for the word this morning. Spirit of God, I'm asking you today that you will think through my mind and that you will speak through my lips. Thank you for these, uh, your wonderful people that got ears to hear, mind to understand, and a heart to receive the will of the, the will and the word of the living God. I'm asking you today, Holy Spirit, that you will anoint my tongue as a pen of a ready writer. Uh, let it be dipped in oil today so that we can <clears throat> speak into the hearts of your people. Let the word write upon the hearts, the tablets of the hearts of the people of God. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. All right, let's open our Bible places, the book of Zechariah chapter 9, and we're going to read verse 9. Zechariah chapter 9, and let's read verse 9. This is Zechariah the prophet, and look what he says here. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Everybody say, Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt the fall of an ass. All right, now let's read that verse again, please. Verse 9, everybody read together with me, please. Ready, one, two, go. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Now stop. Read again. Say, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a called the foal of an ass. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, and we are going to read verse 1. Now, what I want you to do is to understand this fact that when Zechariah prophesied this, this was 500 years before Jesus physically, tangibly came on the scene. 500 years before. That means this was a prophecy. Now, there are different types of prophecy in the Bible. What you've just read here is called a messianic prophecy. Now, what is a messianic prophecy? It does not apply to you, doesn't apply to me. It applies to the Messiah. That means it applies to Jesus. Now, for Jesus, a messianic prophecy was a personal prophecy. It applied to him personally. Now, another type of prophecy that you have is called eschatological prophecy. Now, What's the difference between the Messianic prophecy and eschatological prophecy? Eschatological prophecy refers to the end times. It refers to the rapture of the church. It refers to the great tribulation, to the tribulation period. It refers to the end of the world, to the end of the age. Now, when we talk about the end of the world, I'm not talking about the disappearance of the world per se. I'm talking about how it wraps up the uh, Adamic race, uh, the Adamic race, the, the Adamic lease, 
will come to an end after 6,000 years. Man was created on the sixth day, and therefore man has a 6,000 year lease. And therefore the seventh day will be the seven, will be the 1,000 year millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ, where he will reign literally, physically, from Jerusalem, praise God, and you and I will be reigning with him. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. That's called the eschatological prophecies. Now, another type of prophecy that you have, which is what Peter told us, he says, no prophecy of the scripture. So the scripture is prophecy. So you've got messianic prophecy, you've got eschatological prophecy, and then you've got the prophecies of the scripture. Now, what does that mean? We know that there are over 32,000 promises in the Word of God in respect to your life. Can you lift up your hand and say 32,000? How many? 32,000 prophecies or promises in regards to your life. Now, having said that, these 32,000 promises of the Word of the living God are not automatic. They have to be activated. Can you say amen? All right, so this is known the prophecy of the scripture. And then you have what uh, Paul unveiled to us, which is personal prophecy. Everybody say personal prophecy. So write this down. These four divisions of prophecies or prophetic declaration. Number one, it is messianic. Number two, it is eschatological. Number three, it is scriptural. And number four, it is personal. If you think the problem that we have is that we think that all prophecies are the same, and they are not. And if you don't understand the difference between prophecies, you will be muddled up, and you're going to be wasting your time away. Now, we see here that this prophecy, Messianic prophecy, was prophesied about the Lord Jesus Christ 500 years before his triumphal entry. Now, let's go to Matthew 21, and we're going to read verse 1 onwards. Verse 1 onwards, look in your Bible, please. Matthew 21. And when they drew near unto what? Jerusalem, which is what Zechariah said. When they came near to Jerusalem and were came to Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives, then said Jesus to disciples. Now, let's read verse 2 together, please. Everybody read verse 2 together. Saying unto them, go into the village over against you, and straight away you shall find an ass tied. I need you to underline in your Bible. You will find an ass tied and a colt with her. What's the next word? Loose. Everybody say loose. Loose them and bring them unto me. Now you need to underline that in your Bible. Loose and bring them unto me. Next verse, please. Verse 3, glory to God. And if any man say aught unto you, everybody read now, you shall say what? The Lord has need of them. Lift up your hands and say with me, the Lord. I know you had breakfast this morning. Come on, talk to me. Say, the Lord has need of them. Say it again. The Lord has need of them. And straight away, he will send them. All right. Now, let's keep on reading, please. Let's keep the verses keep rolling. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, What? Tell ye, daughter of Zion, behold, your king cometh unto thee meek, sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. Basically, he was saying to them, This is the fulfillment of the Zechariah prophecy. But I want you to understand something. 
When you read the prophecy of Zechariah, there was no mention of the donkey being tied down, being tied to a tree. Are you listening? So you need to understand something this morning. Jesus, everybody said Jesus. Come on, lift up your hands and say Jesus was aware of the prophecies over his life. But he was also aware that this prophecy would not come automatically. And I want you to understand something here. Notice that the prophetic word was tied down. The biggest problem that you can think is that when you receive a personal prophecy that is going to happen automatically in your life. Some of you had a prophetic word when you were 17 years old, when you, were, when you were in your teenage years. Some of you received a prophecy when you were 20 years old, and you're still waiting for that prophecy to come to pass. I won't tell you right now, I'm going to burst your bubble. If you're still waiting for it, and you're 45 years old by now, 50 years old by now, you need to understand that your prophecy has been tied down. Are you listening? And unless you begin to do something about it, that prophetic word will still be tied down. Here is the truth of the matter. People live and died and never transition into their destiny because they're still waiting for God to do something for them when God is waiting on them to do something about the word that was given to them. Can you say amen? So lift up your hands and say, I need to do something about the word spoken over my life. Jesus didn't say, well, Zechariah prophesied it is going to happen automatically. He didn't do that. And that's where the majority of believers are doing it today. Now, I want, to, I want you to write a few things down today. What you've just read now in Matthew 21, in theological term in your own Bible, is called the triumphal entry. The triumphal entry. All right, now I want you to write a few things down. Let's write a few things down. Number one, I want you to be aware of this. I want you to write this down. Uh, you know, when I teach, I go through things systematically that if you want to argue, don't, all come, in, don't, don't come and argue with me. Go, go argue with the word. Okay? Go argue with the word. And you're never going to win with the word. You're never going to win with the word of God. Okay? All right. Verse one. Uh, number one, I want you to write this down. Number one, there was a prophetic word, but it was Tied. Fact. There was a prophetic word, but it was what? Tied. It was bound. Okay? You need to understand that every prophetic word given to you, if you don't loose it, it's not going to happen automatically. Now, what do we mean by a prophetic word? What do we mean by a prophecy? Let's define what is a prophecy. Write this down, please. A prophetic word or a prophecy, write this down, is the unfolding of God's plan, God's specific plan for your life. Now, let's go to Mark chapter 11. I want to show you something here that people don't pay attention. It's the same story, but when you put the four Gospels together, you get a, a fuller picture. Mark Chapter 11, please, and let's look in the scriptures. What does the B-I-B-L-E say? Mark and the 11th chapter. 
Let's read verse 1. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sends forth two of his disciples. Now read verse 2, please. Everybody read verse 2 in your Bible. And he says unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as you entered into it, you shall find what? A coat, what? Tied? Read the next few words and underline it. What's the matter? Did you eat today? Come on, talk to me. Whereon? Never man sat. You need to underline that in your Bible. No man sat on that donkey. And no man were made to sit on that donkey. That donkey was reserved for Jesus. Are you listening? Now look at me for a minute. The plan that God has for you is different than the plan that God has for me. Now we know that God has a generic plan for everybody. For example, we know that God wants everybody to be saved and to be born again. Can you say amen to that? We know that it is God's will for all men to be healed. Can you say amen? Whether you are saved or you're a sinner, God wants everybody healed because his name is Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Can you say amen? That's a generic will of God for the for people. We know it's God's will for you to have the peace of God. It's not that God wants Steve to have peace of God and for Barry not to have peace of God. Not so. It is a generic custom design for everybody. Can you say amen? However, apart from the generic will of God, you have what is known as the specific will of God for your life. And what God has for me specifically is different than what he has for you specifically. That donkey which I'm going to ride is going to be a different donkey than you ride. Can you say amen? And you cannot ride another man's donkey. Can you say amen? You cannot. You're not meant to ride another man's donkey. That donkey was reserved for Jesus. Can you say amen? So, let's write this down. A prophecy is the unfolding of God's specific plan, God's special plan for your life. Now, put your hand on your heart and say this with me. I am special. And God has a special plan for my life. Say it again. I am special. There's nobody like you. There is nobody like you. There's nobody with the DNA that you've got. You are unique. And God has a unique, specific, special plan for your life. Can you say hallelujah? Now, so, a prophecy, ladies and gentlemen, is the unfolding, the discovery of, of that specific, special, unique plan that pertains to your life. Number two, write this down. Number two, it is a prophetic word, a prophecy. It is a heavenly vision awaiting Earthly execution. A prophetic word. 
Now, how do we get a prophetic word? Well, it can come to you through different avenues. Number one, God will speak to you from his word. Can you say amen? And anytime God tells you something, it has to line up with his word. If it doesn't line up from, from, from in the word, it's not God. Some people will tell you, well, God told me this. Like one idiot told me, uh, God told me to leave my wife and go with somebody else. That's not God. It may have been a spirit, but it was not the Holy Spirit. It was a demonic spirit. Can you say amen? God would never tell you to do that. Can you say amen? Anything that violates the holy written scripture is not God. And there are the, uh, the problem we have today, we've got too many weak preachers behind the pulpit that will not challenge people when they come up with that kind of garbage. Are you listening? Not with me. If you come and tell me something which is not in line with the word, I'll tell you to shut your mouth. Are you listening? I don't put up with people's nonsense because in the church in America today, we allow all kind of uh, garbage and we say scripture. It is not scripture. Scripture speaks for itself. Can you say amen? Now, now, so God speaks to you, number one, through the scripture. Number two, God revealed the prophetic word, the plan of God, like in example for Joseph, he had it through a dream or a vision. In the last days, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will have dreams and visions. Can you say amen? So Joseph got the prophetic word. He discovered God's plan for his life through dreams and vision. Moses, the Bible tells you in the book of Acts, the seventh chapter, it came to his heart when he was full, 40 years old, to visit his brothers. So another way that God will speak to you is through your heart, in your heart. God speaks and drops a word in your spirit. How many of you have ever had God to speak to you about your future? In your heart, amen? And nobody knows about it except you. And then another way that God will give you a prophetic word is when somebody prophesies on your life. Have you ever, how many of you have ever had a prophetic word when somebody prophesied on your life? All right? Now, you have to judge prophecies. Because some, pro, some people, when they prophesy, they are one fry short of a happy meal. Are you listening? And you've you got to be careful. You don't, you don't accept everybody what they tell you. You've got to judge it with the word of God. Can you say amen? And you, 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 you've got to know their track record. Are you listening? And understand this, operating in the gift of prophecy doesn't make you a mature person. Think about it, because the book of the, the church in Corinth, they were operating in all the gifts of the Spirit, and, they, and scholars will tell you they were the most immature, they were the most carnal church that the Apostle Paul had planted. So operating in the gifts of the Spirit is not a sign of maturity. Operating in the gift of the Spirit is because of the grace of God. Can you say hallelujah? All right, now, let's write a few things down. Let's go to Acts chapter 19 and look at verse 26. So Moses had the uh, vision unfolded to him in his heart, but the second way, he also had the audible voice of God. And God can speak to you audibly. Don't even limit, don't limit God that God can speak to you audibly. He can. Can you say amen? I have heard the audible voice of God a couple of times. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And so, God can speak to you audibly. Now, Acts 26, please. Glory to God. Look at what 
the great Apostle Paul says here, Acts 26, he's giving his testimony, and look what he says. Acts, the 26th chapter, look in your Bible, <clears throat> verse 19, verse 19, Acts 26, verse 19. In fact, let's back up to verse 16, please. And Paul is talking, let's back up to, uh, uh, let's go to verse 15. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. So what, what uh, Paul is unveiling to you here is more than what Luke unveiled to you because Luke unveiled to us the road to Damascus experience that Paul had, but he didn't hear the voice of God. Now, Paul tells you what he heard. And I said, who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Next verse. Let's keep on rolling, please. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of those things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. Next verse. Delivering thee from the people and from the what? The Gentiles. Everybody said Gentiles. Unto whom now I send thee. So right there he had his commission. He was sent to the Gentiles. To do what? Look at verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now, now lift up your hands and sit with me. Say, Paul was sent, commissioned to the Gentiles. He was not sent to the Jews. He was sent to the Gentiles. He was sent to the uncircumcision. Are you listening? Whereas Peter, loudmouth, foulmouth, Peter was sent to the Jews. In the natural, that doesn't make sense. Because in the natural, Paul being a Pharisee, Paul being a religious scholar, should have been sent, logic would tell you, should have been sent to the Jews, whereas loudmouth, filthy mouth, uh, foulmouth, Peter should have been sent to the heathen because he spoke the language. But why didn't God send Peter to the Gentiles and Paul to the Jews? Uh, because if Paul was sent to the Jews, he would have relied upon his own strength. But it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Can you say amen? Can you say hallelujah? So, every time that Paul got into big trouble, what happened? He went to the Jews. Are you listening? Look at your neighbor and tell him this. Stay in your line. Stay in your lane and stay in your line. Are you listening? Stay in your lane and stay in your line. You know why? Because you're going to have enough trouble with the devil in your lane. You don't want to be out of your lane and be even more trouble with the devil. Can you say amen? At least in your lane, you will be protected. Whenever you see people stepping out of their lane... It's just a matter of time before Satan will take them out. Mark my words. Anytime anybody step away from the lane that God has, has for them, it's just a matter of time. They will be destroyed. Are you listening? Now, so look at verse 19 now, please. Everybody read verse 19. Look at what Paul says. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto what? The heavenly vision. That's what a prophetic word is. It is a heavenly 
vision. I want you to write this down, please. Number two, a prophetic word is a heavenly vision awaiting earthly execution. It's awaiting your execution. Number three, write this down. Write this down, and we're going to use Jesus as our illustration. We're going to use the Lord as our illustration. The prophetic word was, see your king coming unto thee, right? Or daughters of Zion in Jerusalem riding on a donkey. That donkey was a prophetic word. I want you to write this down. A prophetic word, a prophecy is your vehicle to your destiny. It's your vehicle to your destination. In fact, I want you to write this down. There can be no triumphal entry until or unless you ride the prophetic word that God has given you. Why is it that so many believers don't have triumphal entry but have pitiful entry? Why is it that so many believers, rather than enjoying triumphal entry, they're having trials entry? It's because they don't know how to use their prophetic word as the vehicle to bring them into their destination. Can you say amen? Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to find out how we can make, using the Lord Jesus, how we can make our triumphal entry. Number one, write this down, please. Write this down. Those of you in Jacksonville, listen very carefully here. Because too many of you, you've been waiting for too long. I'm waiting on the Lord. The Lord's waiting on you. Are you listening? Now, point your finger. Point your on the finger at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God's waiting on you. All right, so write this down. Now, remember this. Write this down. Number one, there was a prophetic word, but it was tied down. Now, look at me. And look at your neighbor right now and tell your neighbor this. There's a prophetic word over your life, but your word is tied down. Now, don't you, don't you think if the enemy or if Jesus' donkey can be tied down, don't you think that the enemy would tie down your prophetic word? He does not want your prophetic word to come to pass. So he will do his best to tie down your prophetic word. Are you listening to me? Somebody said, you need to be aware this morning that whatever God has spoken to you in a dream, in a vision, or a prophecy, or God give you a word in your heart, you need to understand right now there has been a conspiracy in the realm of the invisible to stop your word from coming to pass. That word is tied down. Jesus said, you got to go there and loose that word. Now, look at your neighbor and tell them, you better loose that prophetic word. Come on, tell them now. Look at your other neighbor and tell the, tell the other neighbor, you better loose your prophetic word. Come on, say it again. You better loose your prophetic word. Unless you loose your prophetic word, your destiny will not be loosened. Are you listening? Now, where did you hear the word loose? Where did you hear the word what When you hear the word loose, what comes to your mind? Some scriptures should come to your mind. Huh? Woman, thou art loose. Right? But what else? Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loose 
in heaven. What's that, what does that mean? That's the prayer of binding and loosing. So you need to understand, for your prophetic word to be released, you have to activate the prayer of binding and loosing. You have to loose that which is bound and bind that which has been loosened against you to mar your destiny. Can you say amen? So now, let's go back to Matthew 21, and I want you to see this. So Jesus, number one, was aware. Question I'm going to ask you today, are you aware of your prophetic word? See, so many of us, we walk in life, through life, and we are oblivious to what God has for us. I discovered the call of God upon my life when I was 14 years old. I discovered God's plan for my life. I was having a shower one day, minding my own business. And all of a sudden, I saw myself standing in a foreign land. I could feel the heat. I could smell the, the, the scent of that nation. Every nation has a scent. Every place that you go to, America has a smell, has a scent. Africa has a smell. Mauritius has a smell. England has a smell. I know when I walk into England, I know I'm in England. Are you listening? So I, could, I, I had that scent going through my nose. And I could feel the heat. And I said to the Lord, Lord, where am I? He says, you are in Nigeria. And your biggest harvest will come from Nigeria. I'm 14 years old. I don't know anybody in Nigeria. But the Lord told me that my biggest harvest will come from Nigeria. Are you, are you listening to me, somebody? That was the audible voice of God that I heard. Why do I go to Nigeria often? Because that's my mainline calling. You know why? Do you know why I have all these big breakthroughs, preaching to ten, uh, tens of thousands, 30,000, 50,000, 100,000 in Nigeria? Because I stayed in my lane. And I went to God. I didn't say, well, praise God, that's going to happen. I was, I was 15 years old, minding my own business at the back of the church. And this prophet of God from Texas was playing the keyboard, sitting down with his eyes closed. He looked at me and said, young man, come over here. I said, me? He said, yeah, you. When I came to the front, he says, God said you will cross many waters. God said you will cross many waters. I was thinking to myself, not me. I don't like traveling. I, don't, I hate traveling. He said, but young man, you will cross many waters. And God said, I will give you an anointing that will make teaching that which is complicated to become easy. And you will write many books. Are you listening to me now? I was 14, 15 years old. I was having problem reading a book. But the man is telling me, you're going to write a book. And the moment I finish, I had sense enough to know. I went to the back of the church. I said, did you record this prophecy? They said, yeah. I said, give it to me. And I listened to it every day. I listened to it every day. And then I prayed in the Holy Ghost about it every day. I'm not like what many people do. They just put the, the, the prophecy on the shelf and leave it to happen sometime. No, 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 no. Paul says, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that you by them might do warfare. When God gives you a prophetic word, when God gives you a word, get off your rear end, get into your prayer closet, and begin to pray through, begin to prophesy through, begin to work with it. Amen. If you don't, if you work with the word, the word will work with you. Can you say amen? Stop sitting down and waiting. 
Let me give you the biggest revelation that you can have in your life today. You're not getting any younger. You're getting older. And if you don't, if you don't step up, you're going to die. And you're not going to see the prophecies. And God forbid. God said to Joshua chapter 13. Let's go to Joshua 13, please. Joshua chapter 13. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look in your Bible, please. Glory to God. <clears throat> Joshua 13, verse 1. What, is, what did God say to Joshua? Joshua was old. And what? Stricken in years. And the Lord said to him, You are old and stricken in years, and there remains very much land to be possessed. Joshua did not run out of land. He ran out of time. In your life, you will not run out of God's promises. You will run out of time. That's the, that's the reason why the Bible tells you, Redeem the time. Can you say amen? Now, let's go back to Matthew 21. And look at verse 2, please. Matthew 21 and verse 2. So number one, understand this. Your prophecy right now, the reason why it hasn't manifested is because something has started down. All right? Let's go to verse, verse 3, please. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody read verse 3, please. Where do you want to go? And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say what? What the Lord has need of it. He needed his prophetic word. Right? So now, if the Lord can say, I need my word, then you need to lift up your hands. Come on, lift up your hands and say with me, I need my word. Come on, say it again. I need my word. I need my prophetic word to manifest. Can you say amen? See, most people don't have that kind of resolution. They don't have that kind of, of, of mentality. Well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If it's going to be, it's going to be. Whatever will be, will be. Leave Doris Day out of the church. Because Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. That is not scriptural. He says, the Lord has need of it. How many of you here... God have a, has ever spoken to your heart about your life in the future. Can I see your hands? All right, so lift up your hands and say, I need my word. Come on, say it again. I need my word. If you haven't seen it come to pass, I need my word. I need, come on, put your hand in your heart and say, I need my word. Now, say this, say this way. Say, the Lord has need of them. Come on, talk to me. Say, the Lord has need of them. I need my word. I need my word to manifest. That's what faith is. Faith doesn't sit on the sideline and wait. No, 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 no. Faith is like Bartimaeus. Glory be to God. Jesus walking by. Praise God. And he says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And the all told him to shut up. But what did he do? He shouted even louder. I need my word. I need my manifestation. Can you say amen? So number one, your prophetic destiny is tied down. You need to loosen it. Number two, I need it. I need it. If I don't see, specifically when it comes to Nigeria, or the churches in America, which God told me about, if I don't see new doors opening, I'll go back to God. I'll get on my knees. I say, God, I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you for the prophetic word. You gave me the prophetic word. I was minding my own business in the back of the church. You called me to the front and gave me a word. You told me I will write books. 
uh, I can't remember who I can't remember who asked me this question this week. Somebody said to me, "Do you ever have a mental blockage when it comes to writing?" I said, no. Never. Never have mental blockage when it comes to writing a book. You know why? Because God gave me a prophetic word. I never have a mental blockage. In fact, before I write the book, every time I write a book, I see the chapter divisions before I write the book. And then I follow the outline that God gives me. I was on a plane, minding my own business, and God said, I want you to write a book in tongues. I said, well, you need to give me the chapter divisions. I closed my eyes, and I just saw all the chapter divisions. Never have mental blockage. Why? Because that's a prophetic word that God gives me. Do you have any problem uh, going blank when you teach? Never. Why? Because when I was 14 years old, 15 years old, God said, I will give you an anointing that will make teaching easy. So I never panic about teaching. In fact, the bigger the church is, the, be the better I get. Some people say, do you get nervous? Never. Never. Why? Because... I keep working that prophetic word. So I will go to God on my knees and say, God, I didn't ask you for this prophetic word. You told me about this, so you opened the door for me. I'll give you an example. All right? As you know, when I go to Nigeria, I preach in all these mega, mega, mega churches. And so I finished preaching that Sunday morning, <laughs> that Sunday, two Sundays ago, I preached four services. And this guy said to me, would you mind coming to my church? I said, sure. He said, but I can't pay your hotel bill. I can't give you an honorarium. I said, I don't care about any of that. I've never done it for the money anyway. Money is not my driving force. Me, it's about fulfilling the dream, the goal that God has for me. Can you say amen? So, when I went, he says, I can't pay you. I said, don't worry about it. I can't put you in a hotel. I said, don't worry about it. I'll pay my own way. He said, but my church is little. I said, I don't care. Just do it. I'll do it. I went there. Now, see how God works? I went there and I preached. Somebody got so excited about it, called his pastor in Abuja. And he said, I want you to talk to my pastor. I said, hey, this is Dr. Glenn. He says, yeah, I know you. I said, how do you know me? He said, who doesn't know you in Nigeria? I want you to come and teach in my church. That is a mega church. Because big doors swings on little hinges. You never despise small people. You never Make yourself as a big shot. No. If I, if I refuse to go to that little church, are you listening to me, somebody? That big door would not have opened. Can you say amen? Now, so, write this down. I'm, I'm going to close in the next few minutes. Write this down, please. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul says, if there be prophecies, they can fail. How does prophecy fail? How does prophecy fail? All right, I want to show you something here, how prophecy fails. Look in your Bible. Also, get your Bible open to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, we're going to close in the next few minutes. Joshua 21 and verse 45. Joshua 21 and verse 45. 
Joshua 21, verse 45. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, prophecies can fail. Let's read, let's read verse 45 together, please. Joshua 21, verse 45. There fail not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Now put your hand in your heart and say this with me. Everything that God has said about my life will come to pass. They will not fail. Now I'm going to warn you, that's not going to be true for everybody. Because a lot of people are too busy playing church and not focusing on the things of God. Now, what's a failed prophecy? I want you to write this down. A failed prophecy is a prophecy that was never re-prophesied by you. A failed prophecy is a prophetic word that was never re-prophesied by you. You're still waiting for it to come to pass. Why do you think God said to Jeremiah? Why do you think God said to Ezekiel, prophesy, son of man? Because nothing happens until you open your mouth. God has spoken once, twice have I heard it. How do you speak once and you hear it twice? Because there's got to be an echo. The echo comes out of your mouth. Isaiah 55, look at verse 10. Isaiah 55 and look at verse 10, please. Isaiah 55, and look in your Bible, please, verse 10. Isaiah 55, <clears throat> we're going to read verse 10 and verse 11, please. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God forever. Can you say glory to God forever? Let's read, let's read verse 11. Let's go straight to verse 11, please. Everybody read now. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. Now stop. How does it not return void? The word must be returned to God from your mouth. God speaks it to you from his heart, through his mouth, into your heart. Then you speak it back to God from your heart, through your mouth, and you return it back to heaven. So you have to re-prophesy that word. Can you say amen? A failed prophecy. I want you to write this down as we close. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. A failed prophetic word is an unfulfilled word that was never detonated by the spiritual forces of faith, prayer, and fasting. A failed prophetic word is a word that is yet to be fulfilled because it has not been detonated by the spiritual forces of what? Faith, prayer, and fasting. Today, as I'm speaking to you today, many of you, God has spoken to your heart. You had a dream. You had a vision. You had an inclination in your spirit that God wanted to do something in your life. Or that you were meant to do something great with your life. But the years have come and the years have gone. The scripture says in the book of Psalms. Until his word came. Talking about Joseph. The word of the Lord tried him. Until your word come. 
your biggest source of frustration will be your prophetic word. And many of you here today, you are living in despondency, in despair, in frustration because your word hasn't come to pass. There's a few reasons for that because number one, you aborted it yourself. Laziness. Laziness. Lack of knowledge. Lack of prayer. Lack of faith. Lack of wisdom. All keys to abort your prophetic destiny. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio Podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glenarecchion.org.